This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here we go. Transfer deadline day, ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls. Before we get going, I think it's fair to introduce everybody who's going to be part of tonight's show. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, please put your hands together for Ben Ward. Hello, how are we doing, mate? You well? I'm good. I'm good. So are we all ready for this? Are are you primed and ready to roll? I've got my yellow tie on, so that's all I need to do, right? That's, That's it. Okay, so next stop, so he's going to be dipping in and out. He's dipping in right now. It's Charlie Beeston. How are you doing, sir? I am really well. Really looking forward to this. Um, yeah, this is exciting, isn't it? It is. It is. And that's quite a nice yellow tie as well that you've got on there. It is a very nice yellow tie, yes. I specifically went out today to get... I'm not fooling anyone with that, am I? <laughs> no. <laughs> so we've had Ben, we've had Charlie... Uh, now it's time for my um, partner in crime for the first part of the of the show, which we're going to try and make it as much like a normal podcast as possible, unless some news breaks. Um, he's got all manner of different names. Some people know him as the Sunday League Pep Guardiola. Uh, last weekend, I knew him as General Lamming as he was playing war games on his kitchen table. You, ladies and gentlemen, will know him as Chris Talks A Lot Lamming. So Talks A Lot, how are we doing? <laughs> Hello. What an introduction that is. How are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah, your tie looks suspiciously like Charlie's. Funny that, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> isn't it just? Yeah, is it, is it quality? Is it? Um, I, I don't know. I didn't see what they were when I ordered them, or is it kind um, of cheap? One? I mean, it's it's a yellow tie, isn't it? So yeah. highest quality. But I mean, we'll use it once a year from now on. Yeah. Well, well, twice a year because there's two transfer windows. That's absolutely right. Good point. It is, isn't it? So, so I mean, if we're doing a normal podcast, this is where I'd welcome people and say, how have you been? Um, how have you been this week? I've been all right. You know what? It's always at this point, we'd like to share some sort of funny story from the week. And uh, I haven't really I got anything this, this week. I've been a very yeah. busy boy with work. That's not very interesting. But I think you've got a funny story to share, haven't you? Wow. 187 people watching and I'm about to share this story. Um, Okay, so um, first of all, before we do the story, let's have a look at some people who are on board. So we'll have some comments coming in just to see who's watching, who's amongst the 194 people. Craig Robertson, great guy, uh, lives just up the road from me. He says, and it's live. I'm assuming that's exactly what he said. Um, Malcolm, how are we doing? Mr. Mr. Historian. Emily, Emily's on board. Nice to see you, Emily. Good evening. I mean, he's flying through these, isn't he? <laughs> uh, yeah, do you know what? I, I think it's a transfer deadline special. So I think that's the first comment to pick up on, really, isn't it? Um, hope we pick up one or two players. I mean, I do two for four hours live. 
<laughs> yeah, we need something to talk about, don't we? You know what? I actually think one is fine. I would happily take two. Um, I'll take three. Um, but I genuinely think we absolutely need just a single addition. I think we need a midfielder, a central midfielder that's a bit of a ball player. But we'll get on to discuss this later, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so hi, Charlie. I hope you're well. All right, so my story then. Oh, Adam, how we doing, mate? You all right? Uh, right. Ben, he's doing this on purpose, isn't he? Leslie says we're looking smart there, yeah. I'm going to – a quick peek behind the curtain. Um, you say I'm looking smart, but actually – these are pajama bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> I've made an our pajama gas. <laughs> Have you got tr trousers on? Yeah, well, I've got black jeans. Okay. It's good enough, isn't it? You are literally the only one um, because I know that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. So to start the podcast off this week, I had a hospital appointment. Um, so I've been getting some ringing in my ears um, for two years. It's been banging on them for two years, and. Uh, I got an appointment for about January the 15th, which was around the time Dad had his, his cancer operation. So um, I, I said, look, I'm going to have to cancel that, um, but I'll I'll have another one. And within days, within probably hours, I got another appointment through for Monday, January the 29th. Happy days. So anyway, I turn up at the hospital, 10 past four on uh, Monday, and I stupidly didn't take my glasses in. I went in the accident, I went in the main entrance, not accident and emergency. It was clinic one, couldn't read the signs. Then I had to go to clinic two. It was a right faff, honestly, and I'm not good with stuff like that. So when he finally gets sat down in this little clinic and all these people go and people start coming and going again, excuse me, and eventually I'm just sat there on my own. And this nurse comes out and she looks at me, she's like, and what's your name? I'm like Gary Hutchinson and she goes <laughs> goes out and then within 10 seconds it was like a comedy show another girl comes out and goes Gary Hutchinson please I'm like oh yeah yeah brilliant so I've been forgotten so anyway I, I go into the um I go into the consultancy room and I sit down and the the guy is opposite me the consultant a nice guy I'm sure um and he uh he says to me right so talk me through your symptoms I'm like, I've got I've got a ringing in my ears I said it's it keeps me awake at night you know I can't hear it during the day when normal time but like right now sitting here talking to you guys I can just hear it ringing away in the background right he says um any bleeding oh, Jesus you know what I'm thinking like two years if I was bleeding I'd probably no, no, no bleeding. Anyway, he goes, any uh, any discomfort when you're when you're sitting down? I'm like, well, it's pretty much the same all the time. You know, it's it's always kind of like that. Okay, he said so. Right, let's get your trousers off. And I was just, let's do uh, let's do what? Sorry, he goes, let's let's get your trousers off. I said, why are you taking my trousers off? He said, how else am I going to look at your hemorrhoids? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not here for my hemorrhoids. I'm here for a hearing test. And um, and it turns out that I had had a little case of the old farmer giles a year and a half ago and i went to the doctor and it was cured it was done dusted and sorted but they then booked me a hospital appointment which coincidentally just kind of over over overran um so yeah but it was just that moment when the doctor said can you take your trousers off and i thought hey i'll tell you what if you had been five years younger um honestly so yeah you haven't got a story to match that then are you no, not at all nothing this week from me I, i'm not even going to attempt to match that thing is that's the second time i've heard that story and it was just as funny the second time i'm ben house and you're listening to the stacy west podcast so i think the big news this week uh is ben house returning to fitness um so there was for those who haven't seen there was a video that went on the uh lincoln city youtube channel a day in the life of ben house where he was in and around the uh, training center, the EPC. He was doing some strength work. He was out on the grass and he said he's expecting or he, he's hoping 
um, to be on the bench for Burton Albion. Now, we're here to talk about transfers at some point today, uh, but having Ben House back after not having him from September, it's going to be a lot. It's going to feel a little bit like a new signing, isn't it? It really is, yeah. I think it's easy to forget how influential Ben House has been for us over the last year or so, year and a half. He was a superb player. Um, I seem to remember us debating in the last transfer window whether we were going to be able to hang on to him or not. He's a huge player for us. And um, Michael Scubala was quite tentative in his response in regards to this in his interview yesterday, or today actually, wasn't it? Um, he was saying he might be, it might be Burton, it might be the next one. Um, and he's not able to start yet. I think it was, fair, it was fair enough for him to kind of try and dampen expectations a little bit, because the last thing we want to do is, is, is rushing back too soon after a long-term injury. But of all this time, we've had no strikers or no, you know, no, no league one quality strikers available. We've now got three and it's just so refreshing, isn't it? And all three different strikers as well. They all offer something a little bit different. And I always like the saying horses for courses when it comes to opponents, you know, sometimes you need to play a player that suits one opponent that doesn't suit the other. I'm not a massive believer in you never change your winning team or uh, a highly performing team. It's just, you like players that can do different things that can unlock different types of defenses and cause problems in different ways. And we've got three now. That, that all do different things. And it's going to be huge for us having Ben back. It really is. Do you think that that makes it difficult then to answer the question, which pairing should we go with? Because as you say, it's horses for courses. So you'd play perhaps Ben House where you want some more pressing and you're going to be playing a lot deeper when you want to be on the attack. Is, would it be Joe Taylor, Freddie Draper? I mean, do, do, would you have a preferred kind of pairing? Mm. Freddie Draper to start 100% of the time. I love Freddie. I, I just think he, he, he's so unique in what he offers and he's just such a nightmare for defenders. I think even though he's only played two or three games so far, we've already had a little glimpse of just what he can bring. And then I think certainly at the moment, while Ben's getting his fitness back, it's it's very much a case of it depends with Joe Taylor and Ben House. Because I think if we're trying to play against a team that's going to play a low block, that's going to kind of say, come on, come and break us down then, there's someone that's a little bit cuter with the ball at his feet like Ben House probably is the sort of player to go for when we're um, trying to get back into a game or when we're trying to change, when the opposition is chasing the game or when we're playing against a team that's coming on the attack against us and there's going to be a little bit extra space to exploit, then Joe Taylor is perfect for that. So, yeah, it's just a nice it's a nice problem to have in it for Mr. Skibala. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think from what's been said, I still don't think we're going to see Ben back regularly starting games for the club until March. Um, but I don't think there's a particular rush for that. And a lot of people were saying as soon as he was kind of um, announced as fit or, or, or suggested he was fit, it was right a loan spell for Joven. Now, um, I've been hot and cold on Joven all season. You know, there's sometimes where I've watched him and I'm like, this boy's got it. Do you know what I mean? He's big, he's, he's, he's quick. The away commentators, uh, specifically Blackpool, were, were kind of saying, you know, he's he's a real, he's going to be a good player. This guy, he's terrifying us. And then there's other times where he's come on and you just think, oh my lord, he's you know, he's like a, a low budget Palo one chop. It's all arms and legs and, and and that sort of thing. But actually, I think um, over the last few weeks, particularly probably since the Barnsley game, his cameos have been getting a little bit better. Um, and I wonder if he's one that's developing under Skabala. And I don't think particularly Ben House coming back to fitness means that we're going to be looking out alone in Joven. I don't think in the next four hours or three hours and 40 minutes or whatever, we're going to be saying Joven Makama signs for Southport on loan. Because I think, one, we're going to cover that, that period between Ben being fully fit or, or, or not. We don't want to take any risks. 
And secondly, because you said we've got three very different centre forwards, Joven actually is a fourth very different centre forward. Yeah, yes, that's a good point. And uh, yeah, you've said you've been hot and cold on Joven. I think I've been more hot than cold. Um, completely understand his limitations. You know, I think it's easy to forget he's, he's still just a young guy and he? he's still only a teenager. And I think because you know, when, when these young kids are thrown into the limelight, thrown into the first team when the, there's no other option, sometimes they're a little bit of a hiding to nothing and he, he's impressed in spells. The big game for me for Joven was actually the Wolves under-21s game because prior to that, I, I was of the opinion that he's not quite ready yet at all. Um, and then you play against another-21s team, you think, well, that's probably his sort of level, you know, his sort of age range as well. Um, and he bullied him in that game. He, he looked he looked a class above physically um, and kind of just, just technically as well. And then he obviously had a bit of a run in the team, a bit hot and cold, as you said, but particularly since, since Michael Scubal has come in um, and he's been kind of starting on the bench, but he's been coming off the bench. He's looked a bit of a threat off the bench, definitely. Um, I still think a lone spell, not necessarily is the best thing for Lincoln City, but it's definitely the best thing for Joven at some point this season or some point soon, because he's the only one that hasn't really had that successful loan spell that's kind of been in and around the first team so far. Uh, but there's no point learning him out now. Well, Ben Howes is not fully fit. I think we need to get to the point where Ben is fully fit, make sure there's no relapse there whatsoever. And then if we have these those kind of preferred three, if you like, kind of rotating within two positions, then maybe come end of February, middle of March, National League sides can still sign players on loan. Javen maybe goes out for the last few months of the season, depending on the situation in the club. Um, I'm of the opinion that he could be an asset to Lincoln City right now still. Certainly off the bench, he's a nuisance, isn't he? He's a handful. But I probably still think that the best thing for Joven would be alone where he could play week in, week out. I think interesting as well, Jeff Bag in the comments um, has said uh, he'd like to see Moylan with Freddie on Saturday and bring Taylor on as an impact player. So actually here we are talking about um, talking about our three strikers and where does Joven fit in? But then we've got Jack Moylan, who you know, I think some people when he's come in have, have seen him as, um, as a midfielder an attacking midfielder, kind of a 10 playing behind, which is where he was playing for a while um, for Shelbourne. And then obviously he shifted through to a centre forward. Where does he fit into that pattern? Good question. Um, I, I think the little bit we've seen of Jack, obviously in the Lincoln City shirt, he's primarily been playing up front. Though when he when he played on Saturday, he did come on in that dual 10 role when we changed shape and Mandroyo came on as well. So they were kind of in behind Draper at that point. Um, in his interview, he, he said that he can play anywhere behind the front line. It's kind of his preferred, so like be left wing, right wing, or of course in the number 10 role. But he's clearly capable of playing up front. So yeah, we've kind of got five then, haven't we? We've got five players that can play in those those front positions. Um, for me, like I said, we haven't we've hardly seen much of, of Jack Mon. It's really harsh to judge him so far. But I would probably put him in the Dylan Duffy category in terms of squad kind of placing at the moment, kind of squad hierarchy in terms of the would be a real threat off the bench, uh, but there's probably someone ahead of him now that's maybe slightly more um, complete, maybe. So you think of Duffy, you've got Rico on the left-hand side and then Duffy that's a literally a light-for-light -light replacement that can play here and there, but also use him as a little bit of a, a mentor, maybe. Um, and then Moylan, I think, can be a threat off the bench, but he has looked like the sort of player that's just like, like really eager to impress so far, but hasn't quite hasn't quite come off. Maybe a little bit rash in some of his decision-making. Um, there's undoubted talent there. But yeah, for me, probably Moylan isn't quite, in my mind, not quite the level of starting yet. Um, he's probably the similar level in terms of squad as as Joven, to be honest. Um, whereas when fit, Ben House, Taylor, and also of course Freddie, probably all pretty much on a par. 
I'm Adam Jackson, and this is the Stacey West Podcast. Uh, we'll bring Ben in. Uh, how you enjoyed the first quarter of the show, mate? It's been good, yeah. I've been uh, here, there, and everywhere across bits of the internet, picking up news, You've been confirming been who's at the Bentley, who's not. You've been learning a bit, have you? Learning who's in League One and who's in League Two and all that sort of stuff. Yeah? No, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. You do know that, just to let you know, the transfer window means that tomorrow people can't do transfers. So Yes, Gary. I'm, I'm aware of that, yes. <laughs> uh, so what I'll do oh, is I'm going to drop... I'm going to drop out. I'll let you introduce Bert and I'll run the VT and we'll let these great people go for a wee and all that sort of stuff. So uh, take it away. Yeah, cool. So um, as usual, previews coming around every week and uh, earlier on in the season, got to speak to Dave Fletcher from Radio Derby before the home game. And Dave joined us once again this time round. And I started the conversation or this part of the conversation when I said to him, uh, what would Burton's aims be for the end of the season? Are they going to be satisfied with survival or are they going to be, you know, hopefully finishing mid-table or above? So uh, here is that. I think it's to start looking upwards. Uh, okay. And Saturday would be as good a place as any to start. I think Lincoln are three points better off mm-hmm. than uh, than Burton at the moment. Something like that anyway. And, and, and it shows how tight it is. I think... I've got the table up here, and, and you look down, and yes, Reading have started to pick up a few points, but you do worry about Wickham and Port Vale, despite the fact that Wickham have got Bez Labala. Charlton look hopeless, but they've got a new manager. You worry about the new manager bounce. I'll know more about uh, the problems that Charlton might pose after Saturday when I go and watch them. Um, but then you look forward, and they're not far off being top half. So if they could finish middle to top half Burton Albion that would be an absolute triumph I, I don't know if I said it in the last the last time we spoke but the chairman uh, came and spoke to us on pitch side before the, the, the home defeat to Derby County in the uh, in the first game between the two sides at the Pirelli Stadium um, and he said look we're a League 2 side currently in League 1 having been in the championship well I I and this is no disrespect to Burton Albion, which is a really well-run club. I think they're a non-league side playing in the football league. They are tiny. Mm. You take the away fans out. You're talking about 2,000 people go and watch regularly. He has tried and tried and tried to increase the size of the crowds, and it just isn't happening. Obviously, they'll come to watch a winning side, so that would help if they started started winning a bit more and playing some uh, perhaps more attractive football. Um but they're they're just they're punching above their weight in League One, mm. no question about it. And I I would just like to see them stay in League One for the time being. Martin Patterson is just making his way in the game. It's his first number one position. Obviously, um, he was with Michael Duff at Barnsley and at Swansea, and he started his coaching career out in America. And he had a very good playing career as well. Twenty odd internationals for Northern Ireland, all the rest of it. Um, but he's just starting out, so it would be nice for him. If he wasn't come the last five games of the season thinking, blimey, we've got to win three of these, otherwise we're in all sorts of trouble. And I don't think it'll come to that, personally. Mm. I think he will sort things out because you can see little incremental... I thought Cambridge were really good. I wasn't expecting them to be quite as good as they were, actually. Um, But they couldn't get through. So if you can go away from home and get a nil-nil draw, the the fans who go don't really mind that much. They'd perhaps like to see you win occasionally, but it's at home that's important. And that just puts a little bit more pressure on them, although they've already won under Patterson at home against Charlton. Mark Helm, who, who's a lovely little footballer, another former Manchester United player who they signed from Burnley 
in the last January transfer window, I think, uh, was um, was helped by a flick on from Hugh Gill. So he's got himself a goal and an assist in, in his first two matches. So he's settling in nicely. Um, and and the fact that they've already won at home under Patterson doesn't mean that we're, we're all asking the question, well, when are you going to win at home? Mm. Same with Hugo got his goal, so nobody's saying, but when's he going to score? Well, he's already scored. He's, he's, you know, stuff, just really small stuff like that that helps enormously, doesn't it, in, yeah. in players and management settling in at a new club. And he seems to be settling in quite nicely, the pair of them do. Ah, excellent stuff. Well, look, it's, it's the preview. We, we always... We always come to the end with um, the obvious question, so uh, let's let's have your prediction, Dave, uh, for Saturday. I think Burton chances of getting three clean sheets in a row seem fairly um, unlikely, but the way they're playing, they might just do it. I think they'll win. I think they'll win two 0 if they can keep your <laughs> strikers quiet. <laughs> well, it's they might some. Have to, they might have to kick them. <laughs> Well, we, I, do. I, I do remember that we had a big discussion last time about referees and the standard of refereeing and, and where oh, it was going at the time. So, uh, yeah, we, we we shan't get into that again because we'll be here all night. But um, I'm I'm probably going to go um, the other way, and I'm going to say I'm, I'm fairly hopeful and confident of a of a two 0 Lincoln win um, wow. with with the uh, the pace and the power that we have up front now, as you've uh, as you've alluded to. There we go. That was Dave. Lovely chap. Back on uh, the Stacey West previewing the game um, ahead of Saturday. So we do have a game, Burton Albion away. We haven't won a league game. We haven't won a game since the 28th of November. Our winless streak goes back 10 games. Our undefeated streak goes back three games. We haven't conceded a goal um, in more than 180, 200 minutes of football. Burton Albion. Chris, you heard what, uh, I think it was Dave, wasn't it? Oh, God, isn't that bad? It was Dave, wasn't it? He had a great beard. Did you notice that? I looked at him and I'm like, Dave's either one of the he's either one of the hairy bikers or he's in a Celtic punk band. Um, really liked Dave. Uh, and now I know his name. I'm just gonna keep saying it again and again. Um, so Dave from BBC Radio Derbyshire. Do you think he had a fair assessment of the game? How how do you see Saturday's encounter? Uh, I think it's they're in a similar situation to us with a bit of a new manager bounce, aren't they? I think we're we're getting it a little bit late. Um, because Michael Skibola has had a bit of chance to get, get an element of his team and his style implemented on the team. Um, but there's definitely some positivity around Burton at the moment. Um, I can't help but feel we're the stronger team. You know, there are only three points behind us in the league, like you see, you mentioned our win this run, but I've just come out of those last two games just so positive. And the big test, of course, is are we going to be able to break down a team that's going to be um, less kind of intent on winning the game? Um, but Burton at home, so you know, I don't know if this is that one. Uh, this is actually really interesting looking into this. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is his. I don't know, I don't know. I think he's a typical, he's a typical football fan, just like we are. Ben went with a Lincoln City win and he went with a Burton Albion win, yet, um, the an analysis from both sides was, was pretty, pretty much in agreement with each other. <laughs> yeah, we both picked missed, different results. Missed, you missed some of it as well, didn't you, because you was at the toilet. That's right. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just put I it heard in. the last bit. Uh, so I was commenting on the last bit. Thanks for putting me and throwing me under the bus there. Look at all this research I've done for Bolton, uh, for, for Bolton, for Burton. 
Uh, go into that then. We'll leave. We'll leave Dave. You missed Dave. You were too busy having a wee to talk to Dave. Um, I, I missed Dave. Well. I, I went to the loo as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, so that's why you asked me, is it? <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> I did hear the last really... bit. I heard we the first part on the last part. Should have got Charlie in um, or Ben. Yeah. But um, anyway, maybe Ben. Considering so, he spoke yeah. to the guy. So anyway, uh, wow. but everyone else has already seen it. So uh, why don't we go to your notes? Because they're bound to be um, fascinating. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we even talk about Burton like on the pitch, I think it's worth making a, making a note of their signings because they've had a busy transfer window. Um, they've recently just signed um, Kyle Hudlin, who is a six foot ten centre forward um, from Huddersfield, Huddersfield Town. Yeah, he came through the ranks just playing local park football near um, in Solihull, but not at Solihull Moors. At the, I think it was Solihull United. Got spotted by Solihull Moors. Um, was a, a real threat in the National League. Got a move to Huddersfield, or Huddersfield B, I think it was initially. And uh, we've had a loan recently at Wimbledon last season, I think. Um, scored a handful of goals and has been hasn't had that much of an impact on the first team at, at Huddersfield this season. Has made, I think, 10 appearances this season. They've just signed um, another big target man, uh, the leading scorer from the Finnish Premier Division. Um, so Kyle Hudden's gone to Burton. So he is just a real anomaly, really, a real unique player to play someone who against someone who, let's be honest, probably should be playing basketball. Um, but he's obviously going to be a threat in the air. He's six foot ten, of course he is. So that's just going to be a real, um, just an interest, I suppose. But it's just, it's worth bearing in mind that they've they've basically just replaced their whole front line. So they've they've lost Cole Stockton, who's gone to Barrow, who was a, clearly a big signing in the summer. Think of all the all the clamour was for us to sign Cole Stockton in the summer from some of the fan base, and he's not done anything at Burton really, and he's gone on to back down to League Two now. Um, and they've moved on Josh Walker, Josh Gordon, um, and Lee Barla, who was a um, they're all either left on loan or permanently. Um, so you assume that that was on on Burton's terms, and also. I think their biggest threat when they played us at Central Bank was Quadro Bar, who has been recalled by Watford. Um, so that's a good thing. But they've made six signings, um, and four of them are centre forwards. Um, Kyle Hudlin, Joe Hugill, who scored at the weekend, uh, a couple of young guys on loan, and also they've signed um, Jonathan Lecco from MK Dons. I think no? he's got injured. I think he's got. Oh, I see. Oh, like fair enough. Yeah, Reese Williams signed for Bolton. I don't think he's been confirmed. But Charlie was saying, I think he came on, got injured, or or, or Ben was saying, and, and has almost gone back. It may even fair have enough. been in Dave's piece. So, um... okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, uh, and then uh, to Larger Bow, a left back. But I think what's really interesting here is that they've effectively replaced the whole front line. And that links in really interestingly with where they sit in the league in regards to chance creation. So they're only three points behind us in the league. Um, but there's actually quite a bit difference in regards to just the underlying numbers here. Now, what's also worth pointing out is that Burton have got a new gaffer. They've got Martin Patterson, who we Lincoln City supporters may remember from um, his days at on loan at Grimsby, but primarily had a storming season at Scunthorpe when they were in League One, when they were good once upon a time, uh, and got his move, I think, to Burnley from there. And he hung around the Championship for a while. It's his first managerial role. He's been in the charge three, three games. Um, most recent game, 0-0 at home to away at Cambridge, sorry. Uh, they beat Charlton, 2-0 at home, but who doesn't beat Charlton at the moment? Uh, and they also uh, lost 3-2 away at Derby in their first game. Um, so it's difficult to kind of analyse this specifically because it's a new manager. But as we know from our experience early manager, you can't change everything 
overnight. So I think some of these um, numbers that, that are worth sharing um, are still worth kind of bearing in mind here. So firstly, in all three of those last three games that they've played, their XG is anywhere near one. In the last game, one against... hour and 21 oh, minutes. That's a record. The first obviously. mention of XG. Yeah. Carry on. Well done, us. <laughs> Carry on. Me. Um, so, yeah, against Cambridge, no, no. Burton's XG, 0 0.09. So that's like you've got to play what more than 10 games of football for them to score a game, to score a goal. If you play that game 10 times over, um, it's still not guaranteed to, to, to score a goal. Um, they actually have, since Stinian Mamoria was sacked on the 9th of December, they've only registered more than one XG um, once in the last nine games. Chance creation is a challenge for them, hence why you'd expect that they've replaced their whole front line. Um, but what's interesting, though, is that's about chance conversion. That doesn't tell us anything about chance creation. So, yeah, this is maybe a little bit guilty here of the age-old saying, you can't score goals, sign a new striker, is actually how does the ball get to the striker? Maybe it's about creating chances, so you don't know. But ultimately, um, in terms of goals this season, they are 19th, but in terms of expected goals, Burton are 24th in the league. So they have got the lowest XG in the league. Um, we're 16th for that, by the way. Um, they've conceded the 13th most goals, um, but their XG against is actually the 22nd worst. So they're actually the worst team, uh, XG-wise, uh, scoring. And also the third worst at conceding chances that could, could could result in goals. Of course, the actual XG number, the actual goals compared to the XG don't necessarily align. They're overperforming in both elements, which you can you can take that to mean whatever you will. Normally, it means it'll even out at some point. Um, but that is why they've made a change. Um, but also things like possession is really um, shots per 90 is 24th. Shots against is the most in the whole league. Um, they've only got the seventh. So they have the seventh most aerial duels in the league. So it, it suggests that they play reasonably direct, um, but they're actually only 19th best in terms of aerial success. So, the, and they're also second bottom for smart passes, which is a basically progressive passes that breaks a defensive line. Uh, and they're bottom. You did have a lot of notes, didn't you? You weren't lying. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. though, in terms of, is what's so similar here, though, is how we were under Mark Kennedy, to be honest, in terms of the attacking metrics. But one thing that we always were able to back that up with was that we were fine defensively. And Burton actually are quite weak defensively here as well in terms of the underlying numbers. Um, now, of course, they've got a new manager. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they've got a new manager, so you can't say that this is going to definitely continue. Expect they weren't going to improve an element. But there's clearly some underlying issues here. Um, what they have done in their last three games is play um, the exact same shape. They've had a back three that they played. Well, officially a back four, but I'm sure you'll all remember us discussing when they played at Central Bank. Um, it, and it was, it was a flat back six. It was a 6-3-1. There you go. Yeah, so actually, good news, Kyle. Just seen your comment there. Um, they're not going to be a, a 6 3 1 anymore because they're going to defend with a back five. So even though that would normally feel like quite a lot, it's one fewer than last time. <laughs> so so that's a positive, isn't it, for us? Um, but it worked, didn't it? Because they won 1 0 against us at Central Bank. So yeah, in terms of how do I see this going, I think just purely from a Lincoln City fan's perspective, I'm feeling really positive moving forward in, after the last two games. Um, and I really hope that we can continue that into this one the underlying numbers give me a little bit of confidence in that if we can pin if we can pin Burton back and, and kind of stop them getting out then we've, we're probably going to force force something because they do tend to concede a high amount of chances and a high amount of high quality chances not all those chances are taken obviously that's not something we've been great at recently um so wouldn't it be great for us to get a win on the board and really start February with a with a real positive result 
Yeah, I think so. Uh, one player that you, the only player I think they've signed that you didn't mention um, was Ola, Ola Adabomi from Crystal Palace. Mm. And he's one I'm actually really excited about. Um, I've been watching him a little bit through the Real EFL um, website and, and, and bits like that. I think I think he could be a decent player. I think that he he could be um, he could click. I think we're playing him at a good time because it's hard. I think for players to click in their very first game. Mm-hmm. But looking at their signings, yeah, okay, they're, they're not. It's not outstanding. You don't look at their business and like you look at Port Vale's and go, Jesus, they're doing well. And you look at who they've lost and it looks like actually they've weakened themselves. But probably they're going for a more pragmatic approach. Stockton, Bar, Lubala, they were going, I think, more for names. Whereas Adabomi, but uh, Hugh Gill, um, and the big boy that you said, Hudlin, they're not going for the names. They're going for the type of player that they need to, to perform that job. And I think that's something Accrington always used to do really well. Accrington never signed names that anybody knew. But every year, up until they were relegated, of course, they were competitive. And I wonder if that's what we'll see. I personally think um, we need a win. And it's not a must-win game. If we go and we don't beat Burton, it's not. We've got six games now against teams below us in the table. It's not always easy. Um, but you look at some of those teams, Fleet would have come in up. I mean, they are on their arse. And somebody tipped them for promotion this season. I think it was Ben. I'm not sure. I think Ben tipped them for promotion. <laughs> um, and so it's gone really badly. We've got them. They're selling players left, right and centre. Jack Marriott, Josh Earl, they're going down and they're preparing to go down. So that I don't think will be as challenging. But you, you're playing the likes of Exeter and Charlton. Their teams with something to play for. So it can be tougher. Um, so I think getting this getting a win on the board here right now, which would put us, I believe, if I'm correct, onto 40 points. I think we're on 37, are we? On 30, something like that. But the win nudges us closer to to kind of to, to that level. And I think if we can get somewhere around there, we might only be on 33, actually. I might have got ahead of myself a little bit there. Um, and it just brings that run to an end. And I think this Lincoln City team, once we get a result, once we get a goal, I think that it will click. We've seen it with Freddie Draper. He's buzzing about. He's floating about. Um, we've seen it with um, Joe Taylor, etc. I think we're on 35 points. So it puts on 38, Ben's just said. So thank you for that, Ben. You get to 38 points. You've got five games, teams below you. If you take another kind of 10, 12, you're slowly edging towards that 50 mark. And that's the magic number. Don't care what Della Soul told you. 50 is the magic number. It doesn't go quite as well in a lyric. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. I'm TJ Yoma, and you're listening to the Stacey West podcast. Um, so this is uh, one of the moments you've been waiting for. It's a super special moment. Can we welcome 
um, IMPS Director of Football and Chief Executive, two different people, dare I say, uh, Jez George and Liam Scully. How are we doing, gents? Oh, look at that. I'm well in the picture there, haven't I? <laughs> Pretty good. We haven't got as good a background as you. No. <laughs> Uh, no, I think you've got a, a decent background. Chris, let me just drop you out for a moment and we'll see if we can expand on the uh, background there. How's that? Is that a little bit better? <laughs> right. So, <You're> all right. <laughs> how are we doing, gents? So, um, what's today been like? Yeah, just stressful because uh, we knew we had to sign a centre midfield player today and we knew who we wanted. And we know that, um, unfortunately, what this month is, is um, you're always in someone else's hands, Gary. So, yeah, in the summer, usually, unless you're buying someone, it's you and the player persuading them. Today, it's like third party, always a club. And uh, as much as you wake up in the morning hoping that you're going to go to bed tonight, having achieved it, you're a bit, there's a bit of trepidation because you know it's out of your hands. And what does the rest of the day look like? I mean, we talk about trepidation. What, what, what does the next hour and a half look like? Yeah, not, not too bad, to be honest, because... Um, We've got the centre mid, so that's good. Um, and that, that was done, yeah, we, we, we sort of broke a bit of an impasse early this morning. And listen, you'll find out soon enough who it is, but he deserves great credit because if it wasn't for him and his agent um, in, in unlocking a few things that I'm really, really, really being positive about this being the only club he wanted to join, um, that would have been much more difficult. So, um, yeah, it's been hectic, frantic. Um, I've left Mark Tracy and, and Alistair Clark, the two guys who are, um, on our recruitment team, I've told them that I've come on the show and they need to be walking in the door in the next ten minutes with our fifth loan. But I'm not sure that's going to happen. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a hectic day, but a day where you try and just keep focusing on what you want. Ginger's a good um, to Mark Tracy. That is sorry for the uh, the politically incorrect statement there. Um, but Mark Tracy has a, a good phrase. It's like, just because the shops are open, you don't have to buy. And, and that's what happens sometimes in the transfer window is last day, everybody thinks they've got to do something. And I think we knew today that centre midfield player was really required and who it was was a target all summer or, 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 or month. And then we've had a young man with us for the week that is a little bit more of a, um, a one for the future. So, so getting that over the line has been good. And that was quite complicated. There was quite a number of... Um, assets to, to achieve there um, and then the rest of it has just been plugged into the market guaranteeing if anything crops up Liam calls it the uh, the transfer deadline tombola and yeah that, that, that sometimes you sometimes get a call late on that something's broken down and our job is to seed enough people in the market to know that if there is something like that that we, we, we get to be the club that gets the phone call Wonderful stuff and uh, I think as we've been on air we've just had it confirmed that Alicia Huey has has come back and gone to Peterborough Sports, um, obviously a club that we trust with our young players. Yeah, and just look, it happens, doesn't it? He was actually going really well there. Mark Tracy went to watch him over Christmas. I went up on the 2nd of Jan. They played at Morton just after we played Blackpool. Um, they were happy. We were happy. He was in the team. Um, results dipped. They changed manager. Um, new man comes in, doesn't see Alicia as part of it. We don't want to leave one of our young players. Um, up there without any prospect of playing football. So that's been a little bit of a, yeah, back end of the window job to try and find an opportunity for him. And like you say, Michael Gash, Luke Steele, good guys at, at Peter Sports, did a brilliant job with, with Oshin and, and Hayden. And, and the advantage of this one as well for us is that it's local, um, they're part-time. That means Alicia can be in our environment. 
Michael hasn't seen him at all in the flesh, so it gives him a chance to work with um, with Michael and the, and the new coaching team, Chris Cohen. Um, so it's it's almost like the, the next best solution, if you like, um, gets Alicia in our environment, but make sure he continues to play football, which is really important as well. Cool. And you alluded there to a, a young man that we've been working to get over the line. Is that something that we expect to announce this evening as well? Yes, pretty close to being done. And you'll see when we announce it, why? Because there's three clubs involved and and and, uh, and the player himself. So, um, yeah, we're, we've done everything. So we're just waiting for the, for, the, the, for the, the, last, the formal stuff, yeah. Wonderful. Um, and I just need, uh, I'd like to ask as well, and whether this is kind of a little, little bit aimed at Liam. And um, we've been talking about different transfer windows, and obviously in this window, there's been a little bit of movement on the um, on, on cutting down the wage bill with certain players going out. But it's my understanding that that's with one eye on rather an uncertain financial future in terms of wage cap potential, Premier League deal, etc. I mean, what's the um, what, what's the story there? Yeah, it's, it's been a bizarre window to be honest, Gary, because. We've got the um, the new rules looming. We're all aware of what they 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 may be and, and what they look like. Um, and, and quite frankly, there's been a number of clubs that are very cognizant of that. You can see what they're you know they're doing to to work within that new framework. Um, and then there's been a few clubs that it's almost been like they've got you know pretending like these rules aren't happening and and it and it doesn't really matter. So at times it's been strange. Um, it feels like at times you're talking different languages and, and having different existences. Um, but yeah, you know, at Lincoln City, we've, we've, we've got to be very constant. We've got to be aware of that. Part of our planning is, is always being two, three plus windows um, in front. Um, so it's just about recalibrating for that for that new financial world and what, and what that looks like, which, you know, great credit to Jez and his team. Um, you know, as we've always said, we, we, we're always looking for the best for Lincoln City in the short and, and the long term. And, you know, I think there's going to be a few clubs, quite frankly, that are going to tie themselves in a few knots that, that will be quite difficult to unpick for two, three, maybe even plus transfer windows. But that's that's none of our business. And um, I just want to touch on a, on a specific player that's he's, he's one of ours, but he's, he's relatively new to us. Um, and it kind of plays into the uh, Huey loan. I just want to touch on Freddie Draper because we were talking off uh, on air a little bit earlier. Um, that we've we've really signed two players this transfer window. Hopefully, three by the end of the day. Um, people were saying we needed five or six in December, but Freddie Draper has come back and he's completely different, isn't he? And if anything, he underlines exactly what this club wants to achieve in terms of developing players um, with with loan deals. Yeah, I think there's there's so many aspects to this, Gary, with Freddie. I think. Um... First of all, look, you, you know when you see a player's development over a 12 months period and they're between 26 and 27 or 27 and 28, that's so different from between 18 and 21. It, it's, all, it's almost like, you know, we, we talked today about today's going to feel like a week. You know, it's a little bit like dog years maybe when they're 16, 18 to 21. There's like massive development happens. So unfortunately, football is really tough for young players because judgments are really immediate and, and Freddie's first appearance for Lincoln under previous head coach um, was in a really, really bad result and a really bad day that no one wants to remember. And he wasn't physically or mentally ready to play in that game, but he had to play because the club needed him. And he, but he wasn't in a good position to show anything like his best. Now, the people who'd worked with him a lot and seen him grow and develop from being the 15-year-old that we signed had total faith and belief that that wasn't a fair reflection on Freddie Draper. But the world judges, and, and sometimes even internally, staff judge, 
So for us, it was just important to get him away from our environment, get him some regular football. We believe that if he could put some games together and stay fit, we had a really, really proper player on, in, on our hands. He's got an elite mentality. He's got some brilliant attributes, but that's his biggest attribute, his elite mentality. And what he did at Dundalk was amazing. Um, Dundalk, what he did at Drogheda was amazing. Um, they'll kill me for that, by the way, Drogheda people. Um, <laughs> don't take that as a clue for anything that happens later, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, every time I went to Ireland, there would just be another manager in that league trying to sign him. And another centre-half with bruises and, and <laughs> having been terrorised and bullied by him. And he created the opportunity for League Two um, because we had four or five clubs chasing us. Walsall were brilliant and it was right that he went there. They, they showed a real intent. And then he's had a platform to go and play at League Two level, but off the back of 20 games and fit and really, really confident. And then, look, he showed what he could do. And I hope even, you know, for, for all of you that watch us every week, you know, tough, tough, tough back to some way at Wickham, especially the way we played first half, much better second half. Last two games, I think he's been outstanding. He's made really, really highly rated centre-backs who are, you know, if, if press reports are to be believed, you know, having multi-million pound bids made by them from, from big, big clubs. And Freddie's given them a really torrid time and, and a really tough afternoon. And that's what he does. So, yeah, sorry, long-winded answer because really passionate about how you can't judge young players too quickly and that you have to give them time and you have to show faith and belief in them. And if you do, I always believe that they, they repay you in bundles and, and Freddie will do that for this club. We've got a serious player on our hands. Um, and if you can just get that little bit of luck in front of goal in, in the next few games and, and get off the mark with us, um, I think you'll go on and score loads of goals for us. Smashing. Thank you. Look, I won't keep you two gents much further, but one thing I do want to say is, I'm looking at two men here who, to me, look relatively content. And I know a couple of transfer windows ago from a message I had from Liam driving home from the EPC, that's not always the case. So we're fairly content with the transfer window uh, by the looks of things? Yeah, I think, you know, we set out at the start of this window, um, you know, to improve the forward line. Uh, we also had to take some triage and some treatment to the budget and, and ensure that we're working with the parameters that the board set us. And, you know, they continually support us um you know above and beyond uh, you know every window so we're you know, incredibly grateful and thankful to them for their for their ongoing support and the other thing we, we wanted to do is um in, ensure that um there were some certain attributes that you know michael felt was missing from the team he identified those right from interview stage and we was discussed very early on and you know uh, jez and, and his team and, and everybody at lincoln city have been working hard to ensure we um, you know, provided them as, as well in, as part of our development going forward. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, content is, is certainly a word. Probably relief is probably the best one. Yeah, and, and look, I think it's hard, Gary, isn't it? Because, you know, we, you've alluded to it already almost like one of those signings is one of our own who was out on loan in Fred. But let me tell you, there was three young strikers in League Two that everybody was trying to sign in the window. You won't believe it. What, one was Michael Mellon who went up to Dundee I think there's a, there's a reason there with a link with Burnley. Um, and the other two, one was Joe Taylor and one was Freddie Draper. Like, players are, clubs are trying to sign for him. You know, so the fact that he's ours and we could bring him back home was, was brilliant. So one of them's Fred, who's our player, and the other one was Jack, who we'd announced in September. And so Jack Moylan probably didn't feel like a signing to everybody, but he, but he was. So, you know, with Jack and Freddie, Joe was someone who, you know, half league one wanted to sign, and we managed to do that really, really early. And then the, the, the patience has been required for the centre midfield player because we could have jumped early, 
that we made a, a calculated decision with one or two departures to enable us to do this. And yeah, relief, I would say, a better description <laughs> than contentment, um, relief today that we managed to get our target because then we feel like we brought in four really, really good players that will help the group. Um, ben House coming back, um, Rico in the last three or four games as well. You know, the group has got a different feel to it. Um, just obviously Lewis and Tyler now as the long-term injuries, but everybody else fit. Um, and it was equally important, as Liam said, not just from a, a financial perspective, but on a human level, just to help players who weren't playing and have you know, end dates and careers, you know, in, in contracts, etc., just to go out and find a solution for them. So enabling Hacks to go and play. It was right that Jack went back to, to, to Blackburn, helping Jane go and get some football, Ali going to be a first choice in his favourite position. You know, those things don't feel like they're important maybe to, to the wider fan base, maybe, because they're not maybe featuring on a Saturday afternoon. But it's really important that we do the right thing for players as well and, and that we have a reputation for doing that. So the the way you look after those players going out, I think is just as important as those as those coming in. Smashing. Look, Liam, Jez, Luke lurking in the background. Um, thank you so much for coming on. It's really, really appreciated. Um, and I, I could sit here and talk to you guys all night about football. I really could, but um, I'm sure you've got uh, things to do and places to see. So thank you very much for your time. It's a pleasure. What you're doing is brilliant, by the way. It's class. We've had it on tonight. Class. Good work. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Nice one. I'll catch up with you all soon. Cheers, Charles. Cheers. I'm Ethan Hamilton, and you're listening to the Stacey West podcast. Welcome back, Conor McGrandles. Uh, and I'm just getting here that he's going to be joining us live uh, in the next couple of minutes. Now, obviously, that's coming through on my earpiece that I've got in here on my Sky Sports <laughs> News earpiece. So Conor McGrandall signs for Lincoln City. My understanding is it is on a six-month loan, um, and he comes from Charlton Athletic. Obviously, he's been at Lincoln City before. Um, it's going to be interesting. Conor McGrandall, does he fit the bill of what you were asking for at the beginning of the show? Yeah, of course. That's 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 genuinely useful, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's a, he's really comfortable on the ball. We know Connor's really comfortable on the ball. Interesting that I think he can do a little bit of both. He's probably um, more well-rounded than the sort of player I was maybe expecting, um, because we know in his first spell with us, he played in that box-to-box -box role, but he also played in the holding role when Liam Bridcut was inevitably injured, uh, and he did both. He did both. So um, I'd expect to see him play. Slightly further ahead of Ethan Rahan, I, I would be very surprised to see him dislodge him. But it's nice that we've got a bit of cover there as well. So we've got two options that can play in that deeper role. But we all know that Conor McGrandles is is very comfortable on the ball. You know, you can't play in a Michael Apple team without being. Um, so yeah, I think he certainly adds adds the sort of skill set that we were hoping for. So yeah, I'm pretty pleased with that, to be honest. Well, he was certainly really comfortable with picking the ball up in front of the back four. Um, I thought his best performances came when he played alongside Liam Bridcut. And I think that Ethan Arahan is a Liam Bridcut-style player. So I think that the two of them can complement each other. You mustn't forget that Stacey West readers um, voted Conor McGrandall as their player of the season in the 2021 season. Now, don't forget that. That's really crucial because the 2020-21 season was when Lincoln City went to the playoff final uh, and were 90 minutes from the championship. And the readers, week by week, voted Conor McGrandall as the player of the season. So I think that's huge. I think this second season was a, was a bit of a struggle for everybody, um, including Connor, who I think had a little bit of time out injured as well. Do excuse me. <laughs> Don't want to go oh, cold, that's lovely and warm. 
No, it's not going cold. Now there is an elephant in the room, um, which we, which I will address, um, because there was a perception um, that when Connor left, uh, he was going to go back to Scotland. Now I think this was cleared up a little bit in the uh, the weeks afterwards, um, but we're going to have to ask. Uh, we're going to have to ask a little bit about that whether he actually said. He was going back to Scotland or not. Um, I mean, there's no certainly no interviews that I could find online that said that afterwards, and mainly because I was called out on it because I was one that was critical as well. So, you know, it will be uh, a question worth asking, of course. Um, you can ask that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the minute, I've got to ask them all, haven't I? Because I don't know if you've got a copy of them. Um, so, oh, you have. You've got them there. You've got the copy. Let's just bring Charlie in quickly um, to get mm -hmm. Charlie's opinion on Conor McGrandall signing before Conor joins. Uh, so, Charlie, we may have to cut you off when Conor does come in. Um, but what are, your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, he brings exactly what we need in that midfield. Uh, the, versati the versatility that he can bring us, I think, is going to be really, really good in terms of being able to play any of those differing midfield roles. Because although it is still the same position, there's so many different roles that can very much be played in that. So uh, I think he brings us great versatility in that. I think he's someone that, like you said, guys, is going to be able to pick up the ball deep or in the middle of the park and be able to move forward with the ball. So we're not always... Because I think uh, in a couple of games recently, and I know Lass has had some stick for this, just kind of aimlessly booting the ball up front, hoping that it will find the head of somebody like a Freddie Draper. I think this is just going to help us move further up the channels and further through the middle of the pitch as well uh, with the ball at a player's feet. I think that's something that Connor can bring us as well as obviously his passing and technical ability outside of that. So really pleased with this one. Um, I didn't actually see this one coming. I, I, I wouldn't have been too surprised at all to see us bring a former player in, but for it to have been Connor, it took me a little bit by surprise. I was surprised to see a former player coming back because it's actually not something that Lincoln City tend to do. No, there are quite no. a few, you know, um, but at the same time, you have to think about what we were looking for. Experienced central midfielder, um, played in League One before, on loan. And I think you know, Michael Scavala has said numerous times that it's hard because those players don't normally become available. Um, and so to then get somebody in who has been at the club before and, and is likely to settle quickly, um, I think that it's, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's an interesting one. I really do. Uh, Conor McGrandles for at least a season and a half while he was here was excellent. And people shouldn't forget that. And remember he started that season, he was coming on, but that season started with very much James Jones and Liam Bridcott in the middle. And Connor ended up forcing his way into the side through the injury to, to Bridcott. He was having to play alongside, he was having to play the Bridcott role. Then he was having to play a little bit further forward. We were shuffling things around quite a bit. I remember the game against uh, Gillingham. I think we won three nil at Gillingham. He may even have scored as well. Um, and, and he was outstanding. And as I've said, Stacey West readers voted in player of the year, that year you can go back it's still on the site people who are saying that with 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 stooges or whatever it's there it, it, it was you know it's fact that second season was particularly tough i think and particularly challenging and there are other questions around um around the the, the the departure which i think um it's going to be interesting to hear from connor because when a player leaves the football club there's no right to reply and when a player leaves a football club what people perceive to be fact is seen as fact. And we had it with Peter Gain, for instance, um, celebrating the Peterborough goal. And he he was waited nearly 10 years to address the balance in an interview with me 
Um, not a, not a plug or a uh, no, Peter Gain. Um, but, you know, he had he had to wait to address the balance because they don't have that right to reply. So it is going to be really interesting. We are just waiting for Connor to come on. They're just switching devices, and then uh, and then we'll get a, a shout in the private chat, so they'll pop into the green room. Um, so just to recap, Conor McGrandall's returns to Lincoln City it is a little. It, you know, it's come out of left field, hasn't it? And it, it was mentioned this afternoon, I think, around. Um, uh, it was mentioned this afternoon on on the internet that, that there was potential that Connor could be leaving Charlton. I thought that that was really interesting. You know that that piqued my interest, and I put it in our group chat, didn't I? With kind of you know Connor and a and a, and a question mark. So um, we we do have him in the green room. I think we've just got to wait uh, for the heads up uh, before we go live. So Charlie, I'm just going to uh, drop you out if that's all right, my friend. And that'll leave myself and Chris. And when they are ready in the private chat, um, we will be joined live by Conor McGrandles, unless he just puts a thumb up to let us know he's ready. He's ready, ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, the latest Lincoln City player. Welcome back, Conor McGrandles. How are you doing, my friend? Hi there, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yes, yeah, yeah, really good. Really honoured um, to get the first interview with you. Thank you very much. Um, so first, back, first, uh, first and foremost, how does it feel to be a Lincoln City player again? Really good, really good. Um, I'm I'm buzzing to be here, to be honest. Uh, and uh, looking forward to meeting some of the boys that I know and some of the new people. Is there many left? Many many people. I can't believe we had such a high squad turn. Um, that were here before. Yeah, there's still there's still quite a few, to be honest. Um, probably about six or seven, uh, and then a few of the young boys who were like training at the time who are now broke their broke their way into the first team, which is good. And and I mean, deadline day is traditionally manic, isn't it? Just kind of give us a run through of the the process today. I mean, you've been pounding the motorway miles and and all over the place. Uh, it's been a bit hectic. Um, obviously, it's it's difficult with the situation at Charlton and not having the manager. So we've had to kind of sort all of that out there. End. Um, but once we got the green light, just got in the car, yeah, drove up and tried to get everything done as uh, as quick as we could. Uh, luckily, we didn't have to leave it too late, uh, and we didn't have to to bite your fingernails in that sense. But um, yeah, I've had, I've had a, a few hours to relax now. It's, it's all been done. Chris, do you want to know? Uh... Yeah, sorry. Hello. Um, so <laughs> just a couple of questions really that, that we put together earlier in regards to your spell at Cambridge, because you had such a positive spell with us. Um, I think, you know, Gary alluded to before you joined us in the green room that you were voted the Stacey West player of the season in, in, in one of the seasons. Uh, and then you played against us last year when he was on loan at Cambridge. Just wondering how that how that experience was for you. How is it just for a player playing against a former club that you've enjoyed your spell at? It is difficult. Um, playing against players that I know as well, that's difficult. Um, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. It's, it's not many times I've went to like an old club and and played against them. So it was, it was a good experience. Obviously, I was used to uh, being on the other side and getting like the, the backing and, and everything like that and kind of pushing you on. Uh, so it was a different experience, but I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and, and Connor, look, got to pick up on this because obviously when you left, there was this um, perception uh, when obviously you first uh, chose not to remain at Link City that you were heading back up to Scotland uh, and then went down to Charlton. I mean, where did that come from? Was it Did it come from you? Did it come from somewhere else? Yeah, I'm quite glad you've asked because obviously uh, those, uh, I obviously never ever said that. Um, I don't think people understand how difficult it was for me to, to actually make the decision to leave. Obviously, people are going to say that it's easy to say that, but um, obviously it was really difficult and I, I, I definitely didn't say what has been said. So um, I'm, I'm glad I kind of 
and get the club up. Martin, so just to say categorically, it never came from you. You were going back to Scotland, and that, and that wasn't something that you were intending when you uh, when you left Lincoln City. No, nah, it was. Ne- it was never like a hundred percent thing, or like a ninety-five percent thing, or anything that close. It was, um, it was a decision that I was making to leave, but not to go to one specific location. That's that's definitely that's definitely not true. Uh, and then, and now you've decided to come back. What is it about Lincoln City now that's attracted you back? Um, I think obviously knowing uh, knowing the place is obviously a big a big draw. Knowing a lot of the players is a big draw. Um, I spoke. I still speak to a few of the boys previously, and they spoke really highly of the manager um, and everything. And I, I just I love my, I love my time here before, so I, I I don't see why if this opportunity came up that I would I would say no to it. That's great. Uh, yes, I suppose. Last thing, really, for me would be the current Colin McGrandles. Is that the same Colin McGrandles that we that we had a couple of years ago? And what do you feel that you can bring to this current version of Lincoln City in terms of how we how we're set up at the moment? I like to think I'm a, a bit more streetwise, a bit better in that sense. Obviously, I've, I've played a few more games and I've I've got a bit more experience. Um, I think that I've I'll cut out some of the silly mistakes that I would have made now and then. Um, when I was playing before, I think me being a few years older as well, with being such a young squad, hopefully I can, you know, help some of the younger players develop. Like um, a few of the the boys my time here helped me, like Bridcut, Grant, that they kind of players. So hopefully I can take on a kind of role like that as well. Um, and and from me, I mean, obviously I think it's been challenging at Charlton. I think you started the season with a bit of a niggly injury, and that and that kind of kept you out. How, how are you feeling now, fitness wise? You fit and ready and raring to go? Yeah, fit and ready. Trained for about two and a bit weeks. Played a, a under twenty ones game a few weeks ago. Uh, played forty five minutes in that. So um, yeah, I've had no kind of side effects or ill effects from from that, and I've been training fine for the last few weeks. So I'm I'm, I'm ready to go. Smashing. Now they got you in a nice hotel there. I mean, those curtains are terrible. They're worse than my tie. <laughs> nah, they do it to be fair. It's actually a lovely room. <laughs> as long as they're looking after you. Look, Connor, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time uh, at quarter past ten to come and chat to us. It's really appreciated. I'm Ethan Arahon and you're listening to the Stacey West podcast. So that was the Stacey West podcast, the super special live transfer deadline day windows, a little bit of a mashup. Um, so sorry if it was a little bit hard to to follow there. Um, just a massive thanks to everybody who listened. Thanks to Chris, um, Ben and Charlie, all of whom put an awful lot of work in uh, to the podcast. Thank you very much to Lincoln City who um, gave us some quite surprise access to Liam and Jez while we were on air um, and, and, and to Connor later on as well. Uh, and last but not least, of course, thank you to everybody who listened and indulged on the stream. We had more than 4,000 impressions. I think the YouTube video is up to more than 2,000 watches now as well. So it's, it's been a phenomenal event. And um, hopefully this little podcast gave those, those of you who missed it a bit of a taster. Andy Pearson, I'm looking at you. Um, and maybe you'll be along in September. But until then, of course, as always, up the imps. the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. 
Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.